0: Okay, let me catch you up so you understand. First, it's important, and I'll give you a big clue here of how we started this conversation. Um, It started out, we don't need to slam them. It started out really on the meaning of life, that's how the question started it talked about the observed anxiety that we see as we age so as we see in ourselves or as we see in our parents that we might not have seen in our grandparents that's how this conversation started And from there, it talked about the requirement to have a skill in belief, in believing. And that today, we're very ill-equipped at that skill. We don't believe in anything. We don't know how to believe in anything. Or, from that ignorance, we, we believe in things, or we tell ourselves we believe in things that have no potency to address this anxiety as we age or as we approximate our personal extinction. Okay? And from there, we went to ukemi. And I pointed out that as I was observing you roll, that you all roll incorrectly. And I asked you, what do you believe is the aim of your rolling, your forward roll? And rightly so, as I observed, it was to not get hurt, in some way to disseminate energy, through rotational movement, so that there is no acute impact on one part of my body. Okay? Right? Um, we also addressed how this belief skill was centered around an ancient wisdom that accepted mystery as a part of life. But if you look at this answer that you gave me, where's the mystery? It makes perfect sense. That's why I roll, that's how I roll. And I asked why is that wrong? Why is it wrong to disseminate energy in a rotational manner to stop any kind of acute injury from happening? And an answer was given because there's more efficient ways of doing that. But is that not still just this kind of mundane, earthly, knowable thing? Do you, do you get that question? I think this is this is quite common, that our ukemi is understood this way because our art is understood this way, meaning our art is understood in a secular materialist way. As a modern, we understand it that way, and so something like ukemi is doing or working through that same understanding. Do, do you get that? And so even if I pick the most biomechanical sound way of preventing an acute injury through disseminating energy via rotational movement, this is still a secular materialist view on ukemi. Coming from a secular materialist view of Aikido. Coming from an absence of mystery, and avoid or an absence in faith or belief. And so my art does not function how it's supposed to function. It's just one more pop culture thing I'm doing. So let's dig a little deeper and try to understand more what Ukemi is doing. Okay, so come closer and speak up, and I'm going to ask you questions, because you know the answers, okay, what is is the episteme that my art is functioning through? okay it is a, it is a manifestation of yin yang but do you remember the epistemological positioning okay it's a concentric episteme okay and that the the analogy i gave you is those russian stacking dolls okay so whatever my art is that is how ukemi manifests itself Mean meaning Ukemi is a complete manifestation of the entirety that is the art. It is not something I do to do the art. Do do you get that? Okay. So, when you ask, what is the point of Aikido? You're going to know, what is the point of Ukemi? If you ask, how do I do this point of Aikido? You're going to know how do I do this point of ukemi? Do do you understand that? Okay. So if I say, um, for example, uh, ukemi, the forward roll is the utilization of rotational movement to prevent any kind of acute injury happening by disseminating energy along that rotational pattern. Okay. Do you got it? Okay. And you want to go maybe Well, that is a kind of like a prevention of yang-yang clash. So I prevent my shoulder from clashing with the mat. Okay? And that yang-yang clash would or could create an injury at my shoulder. So I'm going to use this rotational movement. Do you get it? Now, the question, if this is true, then I should see rotational movement everywhere. In my art. Okay? So if I'm making a circle, I should see the whole art be circular. Is the art circular, though? No, no it's not circular. Do you see that? What, what shape is it? Spiral. It's a spiral. Okay? And um, if I have the spiral... Let's go deeper. So you see how you knew that answer. But right now you're doing circles for your forward rolls. Okay? It's a spiral. And we, ha- we know more about this spiral. Okay? We know that we have to reconcile yin and yang, as you said. Right? And um, in keeping that in mind, how do I generate this spiral shape? What do you do? What what is making this spiral pattern? A rotation that moves through space. Okay, so y- y- that's exactly it. But what is rotating through space? Is I've already given you this answer. You already know this answer. You're just not remembering it right now. What is rotating through space on that spiral? A circle. No. Yes, the cross. Do you understand? So, my whole of my Aikido is this uh, rotating spiraling cross. Do you get it? Okay, here's why. Um, We'll go back to our yin yang discussions. Uh, The cross represents yin and yang. Okay? One line represents yin, one line represents yang. And one line represents a spectrum of yin to yang. Do you you got it? So if this this vertical line is my yang line and this one is my yin-yang line, this is going to be more yang, we'll say. It could be more yang at the top. And though still yang, it's less yang at the bottom. Do you understand that? Okay, do you understand that? Okay, so... uh, when I turn this cross, let's say energy is coming at me from the top and I'm here, when I turn this and I aim the bottom of the yang line to me, it's not as much of a yang clash as it was before. Okay. Now if I spin that thing entirely and now a yin line is towards me, do you get that? Now I don't have the yang clash at all. So The the rotating spiraling cross is a way of moving what was originally yang to now become yin. Got, Got that? And that is how you reconcile yin and yang. Okay? Do you understand that? Okay, now here's the thing. As I give you this pattern, what, what's peculiar about it? Those two straight lines. Okay, that's, I would say that's obvious. Look at that entirety thing. You understand this. You understand this is a yang-yang line. You understand that's a yin line. You understand a spectrum. Do you see? Why do do we understand that so clearly? Part of the dichotomous. Yeah, it's a dichotomous mind, and we understand the dichotomous mind, okay? But is there a part of this pattern that is not dichotomous? Where is it? The The center. Do you understand that? Okay? The center. The center, what if I go, what is the center? You can't answer it. Okay, do you get that? I don't know what that center is. I only know what it's not. Do you understand? And now we're in mystery. Now we have to explain it in negative terms because it's a mystery, okay? But let's go deeper then and see what all we can understand that, okay? Um, I'm going to draw this dot on this board right here. Do you see that? Is that a center? You are saying yes. Okay. Got it? Is it the center? No. What is it now? What? An end. Okay. What is it now? Is it the middle point? What, if that's the middle point, what is this? What is that? That's the middle point, okay? That can go on for forever, couldn't it? Okay. So how did you come up with the answer, whether that's an end or whether that's a middle point? What were you doing? Who agreed that she was looking only at one dot? No. What was her mind doing? Filling in, the periphery. Filling in the periphery. Do you see that? Oh, so what's that tell me about a center? What does a center require? It assumes a periphery. It assumes a periphery. Do you get it? Do you understand that? Okay. It's going to assume more than that. So here I have. A center. I have this one. Is that a center? You You think that's the center. That's the center. Center of what? This one's closer than that one. This one's further. Let's say this one's going that way. This one's going this way. This one's going that way. This one has a break in it. Is it still the center? No. Okay, so do better. It, uh, it assumes more than a periphery. What is it about a periphery? What makes a periphery a periphery? It's static. No. The planets are not static. Uniform. uniform to what? Uniform to what? To the center. center. Do you understand that? I don't have the center until I have simultaneity between a periphery. There is no periphery without a center, but there is no uh, center without a periphery. Do you understand that? Okay. So, the whole reason that I have a cross, why? Why? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Why? <laughs> what am I doing? How do I have a cross? How do I have a cross that's going to rotate and spiral through space? Like yes. I am creating what between those? Okay. But the word we use is a relationship. I am creating a relationship between those two things. Do you see that? They are in... This kind of codependency or this interdependency. They are in a relationship. Well, right now, as you roll, the periphery of your body is not in a relationship with the center of your body. Okay? So you are rotating, but you're not rotating a spiraling cross. Do you get that? Okay. Let's see what that looks like. I'll show you. Okay, any questions, comments? Going with that feeling, just feeling that elbow of yours disappear as uke. I, yeah. I don't know where it went, or I don't know. Okay, and that's what you do as nage, right? The, the contention point comes up, and you reconcile the contention point. Do you, do you understand? Okay, and you, how do you reconcile it? What do you use? The rotating cross. spiraling cross. It's a concentric art. You're okay. uke. Sooner or later, yang energy is coming back at you. You're not a victim. You're practicing the art. You have to reconcile that yang energy. What do you reconcile that yang energy with? The rotating spiraling cross. Do you see? Okay. Um, and how do you do that? What do you have to establish? Center and the periphery. Yeah, the center and the periphery. Okay. You have to establish that. Um, So in nine out of ten times, especially in Tachiwaza, there's going to be a peripheral relationship between your head and your feet, and that's what establishes your Tanden as a center, as in this understanding of the rotating spiraling cross. So that means that you're not not looking to uh, uh, reduce an acute injury through rotational movement. That is just a coincidence of this other design. Do you get it? That's not our aim. Our aim is to do the art, okay? Um, and it will go deeper and deeper, so meaning that this rotating spiraling cross um, has, of course, its martial aspect to it. Do you see that where where I uh, opt to uh, to roll out of it is where I could opt to do a counter, do you see? Um, or there's also the spiritual component because of what goes into a, a yin yield versus uh, choosing against or or. Not doing a yon yang clash. Do you see? The yon yang clash is part of the dichotomous mind, it's part of my fear. I understand it, it's mundane, it's worldly, it's not the spiritual maturity we're seeking. But this rotating, spiraling cross has its spiritual component, which involves or requires, or is itself a reconciliation of fear, do you see? And a release of self. It's that is how it happens. Okay. Um and you're doing this uh, throughout ukemi. Th- this is what ukemi is, and hence why I say um, ukemi is just the yin aspect of what naga is doing. You're doing the same exact thing but from a yin aspect, from, a yin, from the yin side of the mirror. Okay, But you're looking at each other through that mirror. Um, As Nage's main goal is to be able to do this at a spontaneous level, do you see, in the dojo? Um, so too with uke. The uke who can only do it when they know what fall is coming, that's not the art, okay? Um, so, towards that end, this is why we don't over systematize arukemi. We teach a body skill, how to, within ourselves, concentrically have that one tiny little Russian stacking doll where you yourself establish this cross. Do you see? And you yourself rotate it and spiral it through space, okay? That is it. That's your ukemi, okay? In terms of uh, how do I fall. That's how you fall. That's it, Okay. Uh, will it always look the same? Nope. Nope, it won't, but in terms of these architectural elements, yes, it will. Okay, Meaning, you won't always fall at this degree, you won't always fall with that foot forward, or this foot forward, or that hand, or, or be able to slap the mat, or, or do a break fall. We don't know any of that stuff, do you see? That's why we don't teach that. We don't we don't do this big huge breakfall training. Do you see? Because the goal is to do this rotating cross yin yang reconciliation spontaneously. When you over systematize it, when you give too much to uke, then you kill it. You kill the art. So you can same thing as like dancing and counting the steps. You're not dancing. Do you see? Um, Going through your little checklist in lovemaking, you're not making love anymore. Do you get it? You're just, this is dead. Okay? So, same thing here. Uh, if you pay attention, uh, you don't ever really get front breakfall instruction, but you do front breakfalls all the time. Do you see? They come out all the time. And same thing, we don't really teach how to take a back ukemi when your leg is taken out. Do you see, we don't have a drill for that. We just, you have developed this internal spiraling cross within yourself, and then we take your leg out and you land how you land. Do, do you see that? Uh, and then we only give you these two major driving points you, because we're doing, uh, in Kihonwaza at least, because we're doing ritual training. You have to start the ritual. So your initial energy is prescribed, and then after that, you continue to use this rotating, spiraling cross, right? Uh, and through that, you reconcile your yang clashes, and that's how you don't die. Do you get it? So we humorously joke and say, don't die, but we don't mean just as long as you stay alive, do we? We mean that you're reconciling the energy in the same exact way that Naga is reconciling the energy, Okay. Does that make sense? Towards the same martial ends and towards the same spiritual ends. Okay? So if you go back into your technique and you look just even at this throw, uh, the uke who's not doing this gets a lot of pressure on that elbow, right? And they have to fall from very high. Those are all dangerous things to do. Um, And then if you look closer, and the Uke who's doing that is also experiencing a moment of fear and a moment of resistance, okay? And a moment of attachment. So they put their foot where their foot, where they want to put their foot. They're not putting their foot where Nage is taking this rotating, spiraling cross. Do you see? And they put their foot where they want to go, not where nage is taking it. And that's how that foot is out of position. They cannot reconcile the elbow. And that thing becomes a yang-yang contention point. Okay? Only all the mechanical advantages on nage's side. Hence the danger to uke. Do you guys understand that? So, again, it works both martially and it works both spiritually. Hence, aikido is a budo. Okay? Any other questions or comments or observations that you saw? Mm-hmm. Uh, sensei, I'm finding myself, I think this is probably any everything you've said about the materialism, the not having a, um, a practice, not having, not knowing what exactly the foothold is or what to depend on but the moment of of reconciliation that you showed in the elbow i'm finding myself wanting to understand that which it feels like still that's that's kind of an active materialistic um intention in modern thinking and it's it's like i won't let that be a mystery or feel it it's i want to know how to do it yes um I think that that is why Aikido now looks how it looks like. Okay. Meaning that ukemi is overly choreographed. Okay. Uh, there are people that they train in the front break fall. They, they have new names for it now too like know, feather fall and all this kind of stuff like that. right? And, and they practice this by themselves. Okay. That should be a clue. Um that you're doing it by yourself, it's like, what are we doing? This isn't the art anymore, okay? But that's telling you how choreographed it is. And you can go one step further. Um, the uke is going to take that fall. That fall, no matter what, the uke is going to take that fall. And the uke has to be in a particular place in order to take that fall, okay? Um And so all that Naga does now is design techniques that allow that uke to be in a place where they can take that fall. You're starting to see, in other words, that Naga is no longer throwing uke. Naga is just getting uke to that launching place time. And then uke takes the fall. And so you get all kinds of weird things and weird ways Totally, martially. Um, let's say, let's let's not even give it impotent, but I would argue that they almost always are. But martially uh, rare, meaning I don't see any other art anywhere in history using that kind of hand grip uh, to generate uh, that location for uke. You're the only one. Do you get it? To me, that's telling. Okay. If it, if it was viable you would see it throughout history and other arts would be doing it but aikido has gotten to the place where the uke is so choreographed and the goal for nage has only has become only to get uke to that launching pad for this high breakfall that you can do goofy goofy things cross grabs no grab I don't. I don't even blow on them. Do you get it? And they'll get themselves in that position, and then they get the cue. It's all done without words, and they take the fall. Do you see? And and now you have one step further. The next step is you'll see the nage go. Hey, I can actually do a forward flip out of that and uh, do a counter. So you get me to the launching pad. I'll I'll do a one-handed cartwheel. And then I'll throw you, do you see? And all this is telling you that you were never throwing uke. All of this is telling you that uke was never under your control, that uke was completely under their own control, do you see? And that is very antithetical to what we want to do. You want to experience, as I said, the yin side of nage, you want to experience the void. You want to experience, I'm not in control. Do you see? You don't want to know. You want to experience the freedom of the acceptance of the mystery. And if you are able to put your foot where you want to put it as uke, you lose both the martial. Viability for Nage, of course, but also for Uke. You're never really learning how to reconcile energy that is working against you. Do you see? You're in la la fantasy land where everything is under your control and that's how you should feel safe. And so, what you should do is go out in life and try to control as much of it as possible. Do you see? This is all the delusion of the egocentric mind. Do you see? You want, when, when I experience that moment, when I feel her elbow press on my elbow or his elbow press on my elbow, what comes into my mind is let go, let go, let go. I feel the trigger. Oh, you're going to get it now, right? I feel it. It's just instantaneous. But instantaneously, it's gone, Okay, um, When I joined my, can't you say, program, you had to write an essay as part of your application. And my, my essay was on ukemi, on the spiritual aspects of ukemi. And I drew a parallel between a particular part in the gospel. And that part was when the angel comes to Mary and says... Hey, uh, married woman, you're going to have a baby. And you have to think about it from her point of view. Your life is ruined. Do you see? In that culture at that time, this baby's not your husband's. You're ruined. And what this woman says instead is, let it be. So be it. Okay with me. Do you get it? That is the spirit of ukemi, not I'm going to control it, I'm going to control it. So as nage has to experience the initial conflict and thereby reconcile that conflict, uke has to experience this initial fear and danger and lack of control and then accept it. Okay, that is the spiritual aspect of ukemi. So, um, this is why I say the art is more in ukemi, in my opinion. The art is more in ukemi, okay? The more that I can accept my so called demise, the end of me, do you see? My injury, what have you, my fears, uh, my defeat, the more that I can learn to release the self under those conditions the better I will be at this art, even including Nagya, but also more so when I take my art outside of the dojo. Do you see? Or more better said, said, when I look at my art outside of Kihon. So we can go back to how we started this conversation um, with the teacher relationship. Do you see? And that master said, how how did he understand it? Um, he said, "I just believe my teacher." You see, that is an act of acceptance, an act of faith, and in the, those two acts is an act of self-release. Okay, that self-release is what allows this ukeimi to take place. Okay, um, yes, I have to generate this relationship between my periphery and my center. I do have to do that, but then. Thy will be done. okay. That is the spirit of ukemi. And our goals or our aspirations to try to figure out where do I step, how do I step, when do I step, all that negates that spiritual aspect of the training. And this is why we do not over-systematize the ukemi here at the dojo. Just like we don't over-systematize the jiu-waza. You, you can't do not over systematize the jiwaza. waza you can not do jiwaza in a systematized way, okay, It can't be done. And you can't do ukemi in a systematized way either. It's impossible, okay. You have to experience that terror, which means nage must be able to put that terror in me, okay. And uke must be able to put that terror in nage. And it's from that moment of terror that I say, thy will be done, and I release, and I accept, and that is the art. That is the art of ukemi, and that is the art of Aikido. This concludes this episode of Budo, the Way of the Warrior podcast. For more information, please visit senshincenter.com. S-E-N-S-H-I-N-C-E-N-T-E-R rcom Or find us at Facebook at Sension Center and on our YouTube channel at Sension One. Thank you for listening.